Board, I guess the kids are going to go ahead and get, go back now. Go ahead. You are dismissed. Children are dismissed to head back. Do you have your Bible with me? With you? In your purse? <laughs> I hope you all don't have your Bible with me. <laughs> Take it as we say our Bible decree. Hey, that's what happens when you miss one week. I've got to get my engine back up and going. But when I do, you might want to be careful. Anyhow. All right, here we go. Let's say our Bible decree. Hold it nice and high. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen. If you do have your Bible, take it, if you would, please, to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 18. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 18. We'll be reading that in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to talk about the thrill of hope. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoicing. Okay, so I just thought it would be befitting of us to sing it. And this is kind of the premise of my message today, the thrill of hope. And we'll get it from the context here in this passage of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 18. But let's sing together, O Holy Night. stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul
I love that song. How about you? You know, that song has been performed by Nat King Cole, Mariah Carey, Bing Crosby. You just heard it by Martina McBride, Mercy Me, Carrie Underwood, Josh, Go- Josh Groban. I mean, there's been so many artists that have sung that song because it was a thrill of hope. And that is going to be the premise to, to the message to z- today, and, and you may be seated. Thank you so much for your group participation, praise team, as I barf stuff on them. I do that to Pastor Luke and Ally every week. When the Lord speaks, I move. So I changed my message last evening and did something different. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 18. This was a time when, when the world was in tribulation. There's trials that were going on. People had turned away from who God is. Didn't understand a deep relationship. And even though the nation of Israel and the children of Israel could have had such a wonderful relationship with God Almighty, they chose to, for 400 years, chose to walk away from the one that had delivered them. And then everything starts to unfold and unveil as we go into the New Testament. And we start to see that uh, pro- prophetic messages start to become revealed and that the coming Messiah will be here. And that newspapers go out and tabloids go out and it's all for the news. And yet nobody believes about this thrill of hope, the newborn king. It saddens me that as I correlate this message today, and I thought of this, I was in Fort Lauderdale. And I didn't share this with anybody in the RV. But I was going by, by First Baptist Church of Fort Lauderdale. We were in the RV and heading out, cruises over, heading back. And as I looked to my right, it said, join us Christmas Eve for a thrill of hope. And as I sat in that RV, I looked out that window and I started thinking to myself, a thrill of hope. Wow. Never preached that before in 20-some years. A thrill of hope, but a thrill of hope. So I started playing it out in my mind, like, what does that actually mean? And and as I started to, to think of the song of O Holy Night and how this all played out and what took place on that wonderful, blessed night, there was a thrill of hope. Because everything that was told from the prophets of old, started to become a reality through the newborn King, Jesus Christ. For He was a thrill of hope to all mankind. How sad is it though, that just like today, He is coming back. And when He comes back to rapture His church, oh, it will be a thrill. And it will be a scare. Because for so many of us, this world has turned away from even wanting to know who Jesus is. Well, the Bible says He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, no person, no thing, no religion can go unto or come unto the Father but through Jesus Christ. Why are we so wrapped up with the hurts and pains of this world that we've forgotten to be more kingdom-minded 
So as I was preparing this, I, I, I started thinking even last evening about this song and, and, and how it plays out. And here's what it says. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary, the tired, the, the ones that are so deep in sin. Listen, it says, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Then it says, Fall on your knees, O hear the angels' voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born, O night divine, O night divine, O night divine. God wants you to have one of these nights. He wants to fulfill His mission on this earth by using you and me to complete what was told of old. Amen? You have a voice. You have a reason to rejoice. And it is this season of Advent. It is this thrill of hope, the excitement of Jesus. You see, this just isn't an old story in an old church where Silent Night is playing in the background and we open up to Luke chapter 2 and we start reading this story and everybody all at the same time goes... And I th started thinking, what thrills us? So I'm like, thrill. So what thrills us? What gets us excited? What gets most people excited is a wedding day. The anticipation of that. The thrill of having a newborn baby in your family. That's excitement. But I'm going to even go way back before that. The thrill of hope for me was driving my 1967 Dodge Polaris. I'm not that old what my dad bought me but a 1960 i mean i used to go out there take that cover off that nice shiny black car turquoise interior with a big wheel am radio couldn't wait to push those buttons as i kicked back and was cruising down the road now it was a two-door it wasn't a four-door there was a thrill there was an excitement every time people say oh we're going to cedar point Woo! there is thrill there's excitement that goes along with that right so we get all excited because there's that thrill of hope that we get. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you embark upon adulthood. I mean, come on, everybody can't wait till they're 18. They can't wait till they're 21 years of age. Because, you know, in the world, 21 means now you are really an adult. And if you want to go to a bar and get a drink, you can go to a bar and get a drink. Wow, that's a thrill. Not really. But, but. In reality, that's what it was. But you know what? There was a thrill of hope for me. Born again at 9, baptized at 13, called to preach at 15. Here I am, 30-some years later. What a thrill of hope. Why have we lost the excitement in the church that this is a thrill? Why is it that we aren't just going gangbusters and the walls are packed full of people and people are going, this is a thrill, man. you got to get to church because it's the coolest place to be, man. People don't do that. They're like, oh, we're going to have a sweet little cantata. Can you make it to my church? You know, like, no. We've lost that thrill. You know why I believe we've lost the thrill? 
We've lost the thrill and excitement of our Savior because we haven't experienced our Savior in a personal way. Now, as we look at, at this text, in Luke chapter 2, I'm going to start reading in verse 8. Now, what I love about Advent is this is actually the text, and I had forgotten that until this morning when God started revealing to me and saying, guess what? It is the text that Ron and Tracy will be reading. And I always say, God, you are so awesome, and you have such a great sense of humor, and you're always confirming to me what needs to be said. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And here's what it says. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So here we've got an exciting night. Things are happening. Things are unfolding. Man, they, we know that Mary and Joseph went to the inn. There was no room for them in the inn. But shouldn't there have been room for him in the end? I mean, he was, it says, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You heard me when I said all the things that he is. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And he's all things. He's omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. He knows all things. He's everywhere all the time. He is our God. We realize that even in the text it says that God is with us. His name is Emmanuel. So God with us. The thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. So what do we notice? Point number one, we notice that people are distracted. People are distracted by things that are going on in society. 400 years they had forgotten who God was because they turned their back. Oh, church, we need to get excited. You need to start scheduling and calendaring in your book. And here's what it should say. Don't forsake the assembly of yourself together. For at any second, at any minute, at any time, the Son of Man will come back in his glory and you will hear a shout from the archangel from the east that will say, child, come home. Keep it home, Advent, because we have teachers on Monday. We, we don't get excited. There is no thrill of hope. See, you see, because of what was going on and because of what's going on today, I feel, I feel like this song is significant to our churches today. There, there is that lack of excitement. What happened to the days of just praising the Lord and shouting and clapping your hands? 
Who cares if the person next to you looks at you with a strange eyebrow that looks up like this and gives you that look? It's all right. Because I'm big on this. Glory! <laughs> Y'all know I love that. That's my favorite. So, And if you'll notice, if you ever text me and it's in large caps, you know what I just did in a room. Glory with exclamation points. That wasn't quiet. That was me showing the thrill of excitement. I want our church excited for what's taking place right now, here and now, in this church and in your life. God brought you to this place at this appointed time for a reason. So we look at the text, and here's what it says there. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, hold on. Wait a minute. We know you're a big deal. We know you drive a fancy car. We know that you live in a fancy house. We know that, that things are good in your life. Your hair looks great. Your goatee is shaved. Your legs are shaved. I mean, you're, I mean wh- whatever. Ladies. See how that just happens when I'm preaching? We're ready to go. We're excited. And we think that God always uses those that are perfect. But why did God use the humble shepherd? Why didn't he use the fancy car, the fancy house, the fancy hair, the fancy clothes, all the fancy that goes with fancy, if you know what I'm saying up in there? Mm -hmm. He didn't. He used the shepherd. Because it's hidden. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Watch this. So I started really meditating on this text. When the angels of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, Those that have a stench, those that stink, those that live out away from people. Why didn't he use the king at the time? We know that there was a decree that was sent out. Why didn't he use the king? Because the king had the means to tell a story. Because God always shows grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Have you heard that before in the word? So here's reality. God took the shepherd men and he took them in an area where there wasn't any distractions. Nothing was going on. I mean, there wasn't the sound of trains and of the city. Nothing was taking place. I I, I had a balcony room in our ship. And it was such a surreal moment for me because I opened up the door and then I closed the door. And I stepped outside on my balcony. And what was so cool was that night as I stood there on the eighth floor, looked down, looked at the water, and it was clean. It was beautiful. It was quiet. I didn't hear, which is in my backyard, 76. I didn't hear animals. I didn't hear noises that distracted me. What I experienced 
between Haiti and Jamaica. It's murder. Me and God. And so I sat in that chair and I said, you know what? Instead of going in that bathroom and sitting on that toilet with me and the Apostle John and having my prayer time in my prayer closet, because your room's only this big, I said, you know what? I'm going to sit out here. And you know what I did? And this is where God started moving me in this next, in January, I'm going to start a series called Listening to God. Being quiet, being still in the midst of all the noise that's going on. I sat in that chair. And for that moment, the stars lit up like I was sitting here in the sanctuary. And it hit me as I was putting together this message for this evening, reflecting on today. Oh, for a moment, it felt like I could change. It was a divine moment. You know why? Because those shepherd boys had no distractions. And guess what will happen in the midst of a dark, dark world? He says that you are a light on a hill. You are a city that's set on a hill. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and to glorify your Father which is in heaven. Guess what, church? This is your time. This is your season. This is your day. We live in a place where it's dark, and now you are the ones that are shining your light in a dark, dark world. Right now, God is calling you and using you to be a light for people that have seen and walked in darkness for years. They need Jesus Christ. It says right here. Now watch the text. Verse 9. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Do we see God's glory in the midst of the dark place? We see God's glory in the midst of the dark place. And the glory of the Lord shone round about him. Now, if you've ever studied the scripture, it's Shekinah glory. The Shekinah glory of God is a radiant, bright light. And in Scripture, oftentimes you couldn't even see. Even in Scripture, it says you can't even look at the face of God because it's so bright. But when you see the glory of God, the Shekinah glory of God, I'll tell you what happened to those shepherd boys in a dark, dark place. They got excited. And I also think they were sore afraid. They were a little afraid of what was going on. But church, I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to stand up with confidence and proclaim that Jesus Christ is alive. He's real. And everything that we study in the word of God has come to life. The only thing we're waiting for right now is for his great return. So that we then can be raptured as a church and come back and establish the new kingdom here on this earth. Hey, Pastor, where are you going with this? Here's where I'm going. It says, don't be afraid. Point number three, do not be afraid. So we see the glory of the Lord in the midst of darkness, so you don't have to be afraid. Do not be afraid. So it says there, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. The Savior, Messiah, Lord. Right there's a message. Savior, Messiah, Lord. He said, Savior, one that will die, which is Christ. Messiah, the one that will come and, and save his people, and two will be the Messiah, the teacher, the rabbi, and also he is 
the begotten of the Father. He is Lord. He is the great I am. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, what a holy night that is. When you feel you're, you're not of value, when you feel at a place in your life like, what am I here for? What am I good for? No matter what trials you're going through, no matter what tribulations you're going through, no matter the hardship of your life, I want you to know, church, that God is with you. He is for you. He is fighting for you. And you are not alone in the midst of your struggle. Even in the darkness of where those shepherds were at, it said this, and I conclude with a glorious conclusion to today's message which is nothing that's on that paper up there. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? I don't need to keep rattling, but I conclude with this. Oh, there wasn't one. Oh, it didn't say that there was just one little bit of light, right? It said that the glory of the Lord showed up there, right? And it said it shone around about them. But it also says that there was a heavenly host. That there was an army. That everybody got together. And all those angels knew that for God so loved the world that He gave us His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. So it said they wrapped that baby in swaddling clothes, took Him to the greatest hotel, the Hilton, the Strip, the the Sheraton, the Ramada, whatever it was, it was that in the perfect place at the perfect time to bring the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the one that would be Savior, Messiah, and Lord, that would die for all mankind, and all of heaven rejoiced because they were excited at the thrill of hope that surrounded the newborn King. Hallelujah. Praise the holy name of Jesus. That is our Savior. That is why we celebrate Christmas. That is why we are here. That is why we come together. Church, I don't come together to go to sleep. Because when I start to see you sleep, I shout glory and I do crazy things. So they could say that pastor over there in Talmadge is one crazy nut job. They say that even if I don't. Oh, thank you. See? And the church agrees. The only amen I got today. Oh, and uh, but here's, here's the reality. Church... There was Mary and Joseph. There they were, traveling days to go to this place that the angel of the Lord told them to go to. Go to this place that was fit especially for our Savior. You see, a lot of things took place in between the moment that Mary conceived to the moment she delivered. And I'm challenged even within my own spirit as I stand here right now to think, God, how do you believe? Do you really believe in everything that took place? Oh, you better believe I do. 
Because I have a Bible and a book that declares everything that was said that came to life. And so, church, I want us to rally around the altar. I want us to rally around the cross of Christ. I want us to get excited and, 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 and proclaim, why was that in there? Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 18. Why was it such a great night? Because it said this. That those shepherds humbled themselves before Almighty God and and fell on their knees. When we stand tall, God can use us. But He can use us when we fall before Him, bow our knees, and adore the risen Savior. That's why we're here. We're here as a church to take this Christmas message to a dark world, to a place where people need to know that there's excitement. And share with the men, I would get on the elevator, and if you've ever rode with me on an elevator, you know I can't stand getting into a hot, smelly, stinky elevator with 32 people all squeezed in there like we're in a sardine can. So I make the most of it. The doors close, and as they close, I turn around, and I do one of these numbers, and I just keep turning until I'm there. Welcome to the Jetta 2005. We hope you enjoy your ride. When you're on this destination, we hope that you'll please keep all of your hands, your feet, and anything else inside of the ride. People start laughing, and they're like, there he is again, that crazy you're on the ship, and, you know, because there's 4,000 people, and you, you, you're limited on the elevators there. So you wait, and you squeeze in, and do all that stuff. And so that's what I did. I would squeeze in, and then I would say things, and they would laugh. And at one point, I was in one of the elevators, and the same group of people showed up. And here's what the lady said. Oh, it's him again. <laughs> Welcome to my ride. Glad you're back again. You enjoyed the first time around, didn't you? But here's, they would laugh, but here's where the excitement came. Here's when the swirl really took place on that ride. Ding! The doors open. Two people out of the 30-some people that were in there get out. You step aside. And as you do, and what did I say to them? Merry Christmas! Crickets. Crickets. Oh, the elevator. Ding! Up to the next floor, down to the next floor, wherever my destination was. It was sad for me when I got inside and I said, well, Merry Christmas to all of you. Because it was just really quiet. My wife was with me and one girl was in there. She goes, well, that wouldn't apply to her. What do I say now? How do I make this thrill of hope exciting for the, the lady? So I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I looked away because I felt really awkward. Then her friend said, Happy Hanukkah! I'm like, oh. And then they said another word like, 
find these Gitzman and Kuzmak Rankins like that. I couldn't figure out what they were saying, but I don't know what it was. All I know is that it must have been Jewish of some kind. So I couldn't help myself. Ding! The door opens up. I jump out, let him out. And I said, Merry Christmas! They're looking at me like, that dude is one strange bird. Well, here's reality, church. It is Christmas time. And it is the most wonderful time of the year. It is a time where we get together with family and friends to celebrate this thrill of hope. Our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to put yourself in the place of a shepherd. And I want you to just stop and, and, and reflect and think, what was it really like? And if you've ever been on the property of New Hope here in Talmadge, come out here when it's dark. And you hear some coyotes howling and screaming and doing what they do out here, tearing up people's neighbors' yards and everything else. A couple of them are gone. So if you've never been here and you need a quiet place, pull your car in here. I wouldn't recommend it any higher in the winter. If you'd like to come in the summer and springtime, come out here and just sit. We have chairs that I leave out there. I did that for a reason just so the people could come if they want to just get away. What better place than to be the house of God? I'll say this and then we'll ask for music. Church. live a life of humility and kindness and peace. And when you think that you don't have a story to tell people, you have a Christ. It is a season of praise, of excitement, of love, of festivities, of lights. The greatest firework demonstration that ever took place in all of mankind was when the heavenly hosts opened up the skies and started singing glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards all. I want you to experience that same peace that those shepherds had when they delivered their love and their kindness and their gifts around that, that manger scene. We embrace the thrill of hope this season, will you tell somebody, this is what O Holy Night actually means. People were suffering. Drugs were taking place. People were having sex and they weren't married. They were doing things they shouldn't have done. But God did. So I don't care where you're at or what you're doing. I don't care if you feel like you're not worthy. God's going to show you. In the barn, in the brothel, at your workplace, at your school, God will be there. Just get on your knees and cry out to Him. He needs you. And that's why this church is called New Hope. Because the world needs the hope that we have.
Savior, the one that came, died, and rose the third day to give us life. That's what's so important. Let's all rise to our feet as we sing and the praise team comes. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you and we thank you that we can come together as a church to experience your love and your grace, to experience the excitement that comes with knowing you. God, I just thank you that in the excitement of it all, that the angels were able to to demonstrate and to sing and to shout. And it said the heavenly host, an army, came in celebration of this newborn Savior, our Messiah, our Lord. So, Father, when I feel alone and afraid, I'm going to claim to your word that says, I don't have to be afraid because you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. And that you use me right where I'm at doing what I do. So, God, we thank you for this season of Advent. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. Father, if there's somebody here that's struggling within their flesh and in their, in their spirit, God, this altar is for them. Father, may they come and experience the fullness that comes in the thrill of, of opening up their heart and their soul to you. May they come to know you as their Lord and Savior. So, God, we thank you for the excitement of this Christmas season. Father, may we remember the reason for Christmas is you. So, Father, we celebrate you. God, I just pray that you'll touch your people. Help us, Father, to fall deeper in love with you. And to have a walk to remember that we can look back over our life and realize what all you've done for us even in the midst of a world that's full of chaos. So God, I ask you to show yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself. God, do your work today. Speak to us today. Move us today. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together.